Hello, and welcome to the Carpetrage Podcast, episode 280. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host, Ryan Sinitsky. Hello. Hey, that's me. Hi, guys. Hey, everybody. Hope you're having a good week. Uh, before we delve into topics, I want to briefly cover the old boilerplate stuff, patreon.com forward slash carpetrage. On this handcrafted webpage, you'll find three open-ended levels of support, starting at just 99 cents a month, helps us pay hosting costs and the Colorado Kool-Aids, patreon.com forward slash carpetrage. On that vein, the shirts are in, so uh, looking at you, patrons, uh, hit us up on any uh, platform that you know us on, and we will get those distributed to you. Uh, yeah, you know, we both more or less drive <laughs> past Chase's house in our collective ways home. And we I, could just I tie see... the the shirt to a brick and throw it in his window. Well, yeah, that's true. We could. No, do that. It might like tear the shirt up a little bit, though. I put put a bag over it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that should be fine then. I still have to give Corey's to him too. Our old sound engineer. Yes. Uh, all right. was carried away by wolves. Colorado Kool-Aid because so, that's all we have. Uh, per Colorado Kool-Aid and non-premium domestic beers, I listen to NPR Marketplace. That is, that is part of my ritual. Tracks? I work until 6. 6 until 6.30, I listen to Marketplace. I finish up working. I do my thing. I clean up my desk or something. I have a half hour like transition period before sure. I go to my not work life. Um, that replaced my commute. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so when I was listening to marketplace, they like over the last like, couple of weeks, they've been talking about neglected um, economic indicators. Okay. So like, you know, they have like the Dow Jones industrial index yeah. and they have like the, SMP. Um, that housing price index and stuff. There is and a consumer confidence. Don't forget yeah, that Yeah, consumer one. confidence. Yes, <laughs> they have an index for beer. I'm sorry. Because what? if you think about it, um, oh, beer is actually a really fascinating thing. Like, because you need like multiple. Like, it touches so many other industries. Yeah. Like beer is your, you know, that that's concert going. That's going to restaurants. There's beer sales at grocery stores that there is, is the production of beer where you have the agriculture component and you have the industrial canning component you have the glass component then you also have imports and all sorts of things so like from beer alone you can tell a whole lot about the u.s economy true that's a really good yeah point. it's a really really good index <laughs> i would click into that and yeah, read <laughs> that's a brilliant index um and so what they're talking about is that Non-premium domestic beer, i.e. Colorado Kool-Aid, Coors Light, uh, Hams, Boxer, PBR, oh, stuff like yeah. that. All the, well, except all, 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 all those, all, yeah, Pig's Eye, <laughs> your, your cheap beer, um, yeah, Steel Reserve, best. yeah, those things. <laughs> um, they have outpaced craft beer sales. And I'm guessing that's a recent like bridge cross, yes. right? Yeah. And the reason for less. that is because of inflation. And that yep. cra- craft beer sales for like, the first time in like twenty years sort of like t- have been have been falling because it's a combination of like yeah you also have your seltzers and stuff but like most craft breweries make seltzers as well nowadays. Well, yeah, it's the hot button you have item, to, right? Yeah, you like literally have to. It's like not making an IPA in two thousand ten. Like, oh my god! You, no, you need to have an IPA with a battery inside of it. <laughs> two thousand ten, preferably alkaline. It needs to yeah. be leaking. And in two thousand twenty three, <laughs> you need to make a seltzer. Um, but anyway, That's so a fascinating index. Yeah, it's a really fascinating index, but it also points to the fact that it, we were mentioning like off air is like, yeah, no, we're totally in a recession. We just haven't counted the numbers yet. That's a sign of that is that more millennials can't afford shit. And so we mm-hmm. had like, first thing that goes is your expensive craft beer. I love myself a Dona Fria, but. Well, like, yeah, last time I went to the liquor store, it yeah. was, I, I purchased this, but normally I would go get a couple of cases of cheap beer. I would get like Farm Girl. I would get a couple yeah. other like Sixers of good stuff. But this last time, the visit was driven purely by the fact I needed Bud Light Lime for Bimmerstang because yeah. he was welding a wheel for me, and I just had to pick up something else in my hand so we could at least have something to drink. But yeah, I've seen that change even in myself over yeah. the last couple of times I've gone shopping for beer. Like, I'm going to buy the cheaper domestic beer right now because yeah, it's just no, I, money's I drink, tight. Yeah, no, I, I happen to actually enjoy hams, but That's like, great. usually when I like... In say like in 2020, when I bought my house and the economy mm-hmm. was better for me, um, I would buy a case of hams for the garage, mm-hmm. and then I'd have like a slugfest or like a Dakota Soul or a Ladonia Donia Fria, um, yummy for like my refrigerator in the house that I can enjoy while I'm in the house. Right. Um, but now it's just like I have my hams. I have my one case. It's 30 cans. This will last me hopefully a month. Like yep. 
<laughs> that that's now my beer. <laughs> I'm putting my beer consumption on the calendar so I can space it out. <laughs> yeah, no, like when, now like fifteen dollars is a big deal. So it's just I like, know, it's, but like that's fascinating. We're I, I will. I mean, I can search it off air too. But like, I gotta find this and start yeah, paying I'll, attention to I'll it. Yeah, I'll show it to you on. Um, it was sometime last week on Marketplace. They have all their episodes on Spotify. So when you're done listening to both of our episodes, you can go and listen to your Marketplace. Nice. Marketplace is absolutely the greatest show on the radio. I love it so much. Um, There's anyway. something really nice about just like the warm quality of NPR too. So. Yeah, no, NPR <laughs> makes like really, really killer content. And Kai Rizdahl is objectively the greatest like radio anchor I've ever heard. Like not just like economics, but like delivery voice, like tenation of how he talks, like all of that yeah. is, he does a really killer job. And does like, he have a face for radio too? No, he's actually very attractive. Oh he's man. Like, he's yeah, no, he's like a, bucking he's the a trend. silver fox. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how that happened. That's just so I'll show uncommon. you what he looks like. It's, it's remarkable. How do you well, spell it? I guess I could pull it up. Uh, K A I R Y S S D A H L. All right, let's, Oh, yeah, you're not kidding. DAL. Yeah, there's no H. But yeah, no, yeah, he's incredible looking. That's, that is not a face for radio. No, this guy like, is, could totally just be on TV. It's just a handsome old dude. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. But uh, yeah, no, Kyra sells like, he, whenever like when we first started doing this, I took a lot of notes on like how he delivered his voice. Yeah. So I could improve our sound quality. Is it like modern international? <laughs> Uh, no. Today he, on Cabotrage. No, he definitely has his, like, California accent. He doesn't sound like a surfer, bro. But, like, um, just, like, how you, like, pronounce, like, certain things like P's and stuff and, like, yeah. H's. And so you don't have, like, a bunch of hissing in the microphone. Um, that that was big with, like, I remember when we started. Like, it took a, quite a good number of episodes to really nail the mixer. But even our YouTube stream to this day, since it goes through the built-in audio on this motherboard, is not ideal, but... Yeah, there's so much nuance to that. It's like if you if you have somebody that's dealt with it mm-hmm. and knows all the answers ahead of time, you you could help a beginner in like an hour. Yeah, just nail it. So I'm sure he's in that same kind of. Boat. Yeah, and it's just like a lot of that is also the voice of the anchor themselves. Is you put less uh, emphasis on your P's. <laughs> so makes me think of the Austin Powers. Quote for some reason, you put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> it's completely unrelated, really, but sorry. My brain no, true, yeah. works in... Anyway, so let's go talk about some Honda stuff. Um, I did pull up your link, and it keeps crashing, so I pulled it up from a different awesome. uh, person. Sorry, Great. I don't know. MSN. <laughs> they are totally a company from the 90s. USA Today pulled up just... Oh, nope. You know what? That one crashed, too. So Brilliant. I'm going to keep working maybe on that. Maybe it's your Google. That's a uh, problem. Well, it's Firefox. Okay. It's, maybe it's your Firefox. That's a problem. I'm so, going to keep working on this. You, you do the thing. Uh, anyway, Honda has a recall for seatbelts, which is ironic because Honda also has a lifetime or used to have a lifetime warranty on their seatbelts, and now their seatbelts are a problem. Um, I remember that with the CRX. Yes, and it worked. Uh, so 2017 through 2020 models of just across the board of Honda have faulty seatbelts. That's good. And so Faulty in what way, Ryan? Um, they just don't... Belt. <laughs> I was gonna say that <laughs> they, the belt, the the latch mechanism, just quits. It doesn't work. So it's in the receptacle or it's in the inertial reel. I don't know. Oh, okay. It might be an actual hook itself. Oh no. Okay. Yeah, it's somewhere in That's there. That's poorly. I, I, I don't. I didn't look into the exact details because this just strikes me as now you have a red pill blue pill uh, situation the buckle channel surface coating may deteriorate over time and release the button there it is i was right yeah i was right the buckle um that's not good no you remember my volkswagen i had where the door opened and then the the, belt and the belt yeah Yeah, it's just it's that situation this is an automatic anyway i've got a red pill blue pill here for you red pill okay seatbelt works so the b pillar is a projectile honda hrv yeah yeah yeah. okay Okay. your blue pill is the b pillar works but the seatbelts don't in the crv what do you choose i choose the b pillar works because the curtain airbag is designed for dumb people and I have a better chance of surviving that with an airbag than I do with the car coming that's into my body. Point. Yeah, that's a good point. However, there is a C pill where the B pillar fails and the receptacle lets go. 
yeah, which the, case you might end up in at, the passenger at which point you vehicle. then have a 2017 hrv <laughs> and then you're just you're turbo fucked because you know like this it looks like it's mainly crv accord and odyssey right now but i'm betting they just haven't done enough research the hrv is probably the, in there the too the green pill is the everything fails and you just die everything everywhere all at once seatbelt you know to be fair you know if i'm stuck in an hrv or a crv <laughs> Any of these solutions are better than owning an HRV or modern CRV. That is, yeah. yeah. Maybe they're just trying to, like, because COVID didn't do enough uh, natural selection to the world. You know, so dead they're... men tell no tales. Yes, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. de- dead, dead customers don't don't leave bad reviews. I bet these have, uh, <laughs> like, the body control module that does the data logging for crashes. I bet those just don't work in there either. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, the... Uh... Oops. Yep. No, everybody loves these cars. Corey... Nobody survives car accidents. We have it. no cats. Yeah, sorry, dude. You, you know uh, this. You, you could just, like, live with Eric still. You could, or that, yeah. Or you could bring your cat down here, and she could be on the podcast. Yeah, we could interview her. about. Nessie's her, pretty chill. About her reviews of Nut. And oh, God. Didn't he roll Nut? Yeah. We I briefly talked about yes, that. Mainly the insurance claim. But. Anyway. So, oh, well, I mean, on the tails of that, I want to keep going with Honda and doing just really great. We've covered all of their SUVs and minivans, but now they're getting investigated by NHTSA for the Honda Civic, which has, and I quote in the NHTSA documentation, sticky steering. And I'm like, good Lord, what does that mean? Read into this, and it turns out that these will randomly ditch power assist. Oh, I know. I read about this actually Uh now. Um, or did I hear it on TikTok? But yeah, basically it was like, so they were interviewing somebody they're like, yeah, it's like trying to control a drunk driver. Mm-hmm. Like it just like randomly lurched from. Yeah. It's not just like the power steering shutting off, but it's like, it goes off and then, and then comes right back, but it's completely unpredictable. So if you're going through a bend in the road, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a may cause crash, but like the 147 people have reported this to NHTSA in the last 11 months. So I'm guessing a lot of people just deal a, with a hundred and. Wow, that's insane. I think, yeah. I read that's, it It's now. like 145, 145. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, that's an insane number of people. More now, I'm sure. Yeah. So, not only are they doing great with their B-pillars, uh, their seatbelt receptacles are A+, but now your steering is, is just kind of going to... You know, Honda's really taking a shit lately. Um, and people are saying, like, Ryan, why don't you want a new Integra? I'm Gen- like, there's a lot of reasons. I was just going to bring up the Integra. Do you know what that pivotal moment was? Hmm. The Integra. Yeah. No, like, the, the Integra, like, a lot of people are like, Ryan, why don't you want the new Integra? And it's like, you're a Honda guy. I'm like, no, I'm not anymore. Like, it's not, they're not the same company. I get that same it, thing with BMW. Like, if, like, looking at the new Integra and looking at, like, the old Integra, yeah. it's like, it's like the Oldsmobile 88. Like, <laughs> like, you look at a Rocket 88 and you're like, okay, I get it. That's a cool fucking car. And you look at, like, a, like a 97 Oldsmobile 88 and you go, what the fuck? Or a first and a fifth gen eclipse. Yeah, like there, there's something that lost in translation here. Like there are some cars that transcends their gener, uh, gen, uh, generations. Well said, gender. What the hell's wrong? And there's with me? some that just age with their generations, and then they just die like a bad fart, which is totally fine in most of those cases. But like, there's like, I don't know, like <clears throat> this is just how the like greatest generation felt when their Oldsmobile 88s were getting like frumpy because they were like. <laughs> I'm sure, like, there there was, like, no shortage of, like, greatest generationers in, like, the 70s. Yeah. That were going through a midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. And so they bought, like, they're like, I'm going to get the car of my childhood. I'm going to get a Rocket 88 because I still sell it. And they just, like, go to a dealership and it takes them, like, eight minutes, like, walk across the front fender to get to the front door to, like, get to their <laughs> test drive. And then they're just like, this is not the same. The, no. The, what I'm driving here is a boat. This is, like, an allegory. Yeah. Of what I expect. Yeah, this is not this is not it. Like this this is an old man's car. Like, right. This is not a young man's. Car. Yeah. The old one was. A My young midlife man's crisis car. is to feel young, not yeah, to not... encourage me to move faster into hospice. Yeah, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, like so. And then that, so that's the thing is like it, some parallels. Like, Gen Xers, you yeah. know, the people like were the you know the import generation like in the nineties and two thousands like ah uh, the gray market. So yeah, good. like the Gen Xer, early millennials, now they are uh, having to go through their midlife crisis right as the Integra is just uh, not what it was supposed to be. Don't get me wrong, on paper, it seems like a reasonable car, but not as an Integra, and that's why I don't want it. It's just Correct. No, it's just like the Mustang Mach-E. Like, if that car was called a Galaxy, 
Yeah. I would actually recommend it to people regularly. Yeah, no, it's I, a great vehicle. I can't say its name with a straight face. Like no. they, they totally screwed the pooch on branding. The guy that branded the Mustang Mach E was the guy that told Ford to make the Bronco Sport, just in case, to hedge their bets. Guaranteed. That is the same dude. So also the same dude that's a cancel all the sedans? Uh no. That oh, was okay. actually from the top up. Oh, okay. I, I mean, was well, I can't remember his name. I used to know all the big threes CEO names. Not a big. They'll all be out of a job soon. You know when they all get bailouts from the next recession. Sorry, the, this recession. This current one that nobody's saying. I've been watching. Artwork. So I I pay attention. The only news I really pay attention to is crypto related. But a lot of these talking heads will start to reference how like the U.S. economy because there's a loose correlation there. Mm-hmm. And they're pulling up, like, U.S. recession stuff from 08, and I forget what the last one was, in, like, 81. Yeah. And, like, there's a like a little, like, bump up, and then there's the really huge failure yes. thing. We're, like, right about to do that. Yep. So That's exactly the next six months are going to be cripplingly horrible. Oh, and the world's learning it worse. It's yep. so fun. No, oh, no, it's going to um, be great. So on that light note. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of things, good yeah. news, Johnny... Uh, is test driving a Mirage today? Excellent. Yeah, that that's a good pick for him. I did. Yes. I originally didn't recommend. It. He goes. He he said he like sent there was me a, something that kept us away from that, but I don't remember. No, he what sent was. me a he sent me a photo of a Mirage, and um, he was like, "What about this?" LOL. I'm like, "You're talking to the world's greatest Mirage apologist. Like, that would be a perfect car for you." Yes. I'm like, "It's pretty safe. It's safer than HRV." Which is what your mom's going to want you to get. It gets oh, 40 God. miles per gallon and isn't a hybrid. So if you, can... you beat the piss out of it, it gets 40 miles yeah, per gallon. Yeah, like it gets 40 miles per gallon, <clears throat> not hybrid, which is incredible. Um, it costs as much as a McDonald's number seven. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's. It takes up... like three quarts of oil, so servicing yeah, it's cheap. It, it's like cheap to service. It is the size of a shoe, so you can park it anywhere because I know you have anxiety and you don't want to park a giant car that you can't see the corners of. Tiny tires, which are cheap. Yeah, and that's yeah, like, not a servicing too, but. Like everything on this car is perfect for you. Well, the only reason I think I probably wouldn't have brought that up on the, the last episode when we talked about it for Johnny is he wanted something that was like reasonably nice if you had to like bring coworkers to Yeah, lunch, no, I, no, that's like my thing. It's like I always like, I, I always shy away from the Mirage because there's just so many like normal people people but that like just, yeah and they don't care think less of you but for yeah. having a mirage but and they shouldn't or like even recommending a mirage like johnny brought it up i'm like yes no you should do that this is the correct car like, like it, if you're okay with it absolutely do that yeah like i would recommend this yeah it's the I, same price as a 200,000 mile tsx yeah and, that, and that's the thing is like he's looking at he's got a couple of tsx's he's looking at as well uh and then a mazda 3 but the mirage spiders is the though Mazda 6 said the spiders, so 3 oh. didn't. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine, then. The 3, it was close enough to a Focus, or it had a Focus oh. EVAP system. Okay, good. Good. Yes. So it didn't so have just, a spider problem. Just the carbon buildup and the rust. No, no carbon buildup on the first gen. It was just the rust. Oh, first gen. Okay. Yeah, so just the gotcha. rust. Yep. Okay. But this one doesn't have any rust on it, seemingly. So it's from not here. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, I checked the Carfax and all of them, and they all looked clean. So okay, I'm like, nice. Whichever one, can't fail. Like... <clears throat> You're yeah, not a car, are... you're not a car enthusiast. You don't care about going fast, like, yeah. Rip to what, Bubsky? I need a drink after hearing that. Rip what? I don't even. And what? I am coughing uncontrollably still. Oh yeah, our old sound engineer is deathly ill because he got like the turbo aids from Stillwater, I think. But that's uh, you live in Stillwater. Yeah, that's I know. why you just don't move to a red state. Oh god, or a red county. The the red county. The one. Stillwater's terrible. Uh, it's a bad place. I, I need to know, though, because I wasn't watching chat when that happened. You need a drink after what? You can player? scroll up, Eric. What? Yeah, but like, what were we talking about in the episode? They were replying back to Corey. No, 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 anyway, no. Anyway, so. We're really good at radio. So speaking of <laughs> um, Buicks and how the Integra has aged. Yes. I do actually want to have a defense of the Buick age body. The, like... Late eighties, early nineties, Le Sabres. Is this GM ten or is this before that? I don't know. It's that one. Well, I think that might be GM ten. Is the predecessor 30, to the W thir- body? It's the thirty eight hundred series one. I think these are GM ten. Okay. The, the platform, but the the in, the chassis is called an H body. Sure. Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, I had to look it up to make sure I was correct because the W body is a little bit bigger. But no, I thought the H was bigger than the W. N- I don't know. It's This is the one that I owned for three seconds. Yeah, I remember that yeah. in the speed bump. But like yeah. the Bonneville was based on this, so I think it's a little bit bigger. No, the Bonneville was a W body. I'm pretty confident it wasn't. Oh, where's Tucker when you need him? Anyway, um, so this is the thing. These cars, 
are objectively as comfortable as Jana's Buick or 61 Buick. Like ride quality wise? Oh, yeah. Dude. Oh, okay. It's incredible. <laughs> just the problem is they rust out. And what did you do? Uh, the stream is no longer working, but our audio is just fine. Uh, I the opened up the Wikipedia page for the H platform, which the Bonneville is, and uh, the computer is very unhappy with that. So It just exploded. It did. I got a blue screen on this screen. So oh, dear. We'll be back on Twitch in a second, but the, uh, the audio is fine. Yes. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so this is the thing with the H body is that... Um, it, it's like Jana's 61 Buick, but this, you know, you can fix it with a hammer. Right. Every part's readily available. Oh yeah. It, it takes up no space in your driveway. And it, it went for like 20 years, pretty much unchanged. Yeah. And too. like, and you can get parts everywhere. Right? Every junkyard in the world, in the world is full of them. And they actually had like performance, quote unquote, what trim like, levels. They did even back in the day. I mean, like the 3800 series one at the time was pretty solid. Well, when I say performance, I mean they put on they had the T type version of this. Oh, really? It was not turbo. Well, I know I mean, it just this... looks turbo. It looks really good. I would recommend bringing up the second link so you can see how freaking awesome. It I looks. will as soon as the computer's back because it is absolutely just a gorgeous machine. What they did is they just gave it all like color matched everything. Okay. And oh, made... even wheels. Uh, the the center caps of the wheels are black, and okay. then you could color match. I, there, you could optionally color match the face of the wheel. Uh, and then they gave you black trim. And, and that was about it. And I think they gave you like a sway bar or some sway bar links. Ooh, I probably added a sway bar because let's be real. Cars just didn't have sway bars back in the day. They did, apparently. I don't know what the hell it did, but like I've been looking at like, because I, I keep having to write these malaise cars because again, hot rod apparently means malaise at work because I don't. But there are some, I'm not going to say diamonds in the rough, but there's got to be some tolerable cars like these where there's actually something interesting going on with them, right? Yeah, we'll get to those later. Um, but this is the thing is if you Almost want, back. if you want like the classic American car, just comfortable car to cruise in, mm -hmm. this is ideal. Well, talk even earlier about like the, the greatest generations going in for a midlife crisis. Yeah. Like they want a comfortable old, whatever couch with wheels on. And it, so I think that's kind of what they were trying to do here, except they were a day late and a dollar short. Cause like <laughs> they made the T type coupe like 10 years after every, uh, like after every single greatest generation or like had their midlife crisis 10 years later, they're like, here's the T type. It's what you wanted in like 1975. But here it is in 1985. There we go. <laughs> yeah, it actually looks pretty cool. It does. I mean, like that late 80s, early 90s GM like performancey yeah, like dress up is actually good. But like, it looks really good. It's got and, like all the components that other car companies put on their yeah. actual performance cars, and like it does look. It it's looks, like a Eurosport. Yeah, no, it looks yeah. it looks quite good actually. And so this is the thing: is like we're in an era where you could take this to Radwood, you could take this to like your back to the 80s, you could actually enjoy this as a classic car. There is. A, you can modify them. I mean, slabs like covet these, so like you could, if you wanted to make it into like a lowrider equivalent, you could make it into a slab. Um, I mean, I guess because you don't have if, to like mess you, with the suspension yeah, or anything. Yeah, and like you, if like you could, it'd be easy enough to do. So like, there's like actually things you can do with them. Well, so I mean, you could drop a North Star and a four T eighty in this, no problem. Or an LS. True. Yeah, yeah. the LS four would fit just fine. And actually, I think. By that, you could also do an LS6 liter. Is that a different block? Uh, the LS4 is a different block, but I mean, all the internal yeah, rotating stuff is the could, same. You so you can pour it out. Yeah. yeah. You, could, you could, like yep. actually modify and make it fast I mean, you and front wheel drive. And I could make an LS7 powered one, I suppose. Yeah. You, you can make a riot of a car out of it. So no traction. None. They didn't even hook up with the 5.3. No. Or the 3.8. <laughs> Correct. The 3.8 couldn't hook up. Like. <laughs> The 1988 Buick LeSabre T-Type, the official car of burning rubber in a parking lot unintentionally. Yeah. No, seriously. Because like, <laughs> the throttle silly. tip in. They're so silly. <laughs> yeah. That's a wacky car. Wacky But like, and you know, the thing is, is these cars are a nickel as well. So like, oh, yeah. If, yeah. if like you want something that's like, man, I was in this like old 50s car, but I don't want to like spend money on like actually having an old 50s car. Get that. You are 80% of the way there. Not only that, but like, you know, in 10 years time, this is just going to end up being one of those cars that's indirectly become a collectible. Yeah. No, it's like a Pontiac Can-Am. Yeah. Like, it's just like, it's so wacky and it's like, it's so of this very specific <laughs> era 
that it'll never be made again, and it's too dumb to be a real car. Oh, yeah. I mean, even this type of car. I mean, that's not necessarily one of those personal luxury coupes, but it's like a PLC that somebody's dressed up. Yeah. Uh, it's it's so peculiar. This lives only in the 80s. Yeah. No, this is definitely an 80s thing. Like, they pretty much had killed this, like, by the 90s, and then, like, there was, like, one guy that worked at Buick that just kind of tried to keep it going with, like, the Park Avenue Ultra and stuff like that. Right. The way they actually supercharged it. Those, my grandmother bought one of those new in 97, and, like, I'm, I remember being blown away by how fast that thing was. Yeah, they're annoyingly fast. I don't like them because they sound like a 3800, oh, which they is sound the worst noise. Um, and they are, like, quick enough that you can't really do much about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're a problem. It's like... Oh, and if you add boost, they immediately explode. Yeah, well, the thing is, is like when I like, when I, like, like when I was like going out street racing in my early twenties and stuff, there's so many thirty eight hundreds. You'd think that was actually a popular car, oh but no, it's just like every single person from a trailer park just brought out their Pontiac Grand Prix. I was gonna to say race. Grand Prix GTPs. Yeah, were, were that car. Yeah, and a, a <clears throat> Buick Park Avenue Ultra is just a GTP in a Buick suit. Right. So, but yeah, that that's that's my pick is the. Like, 80s H-Body, because that one actually looked good. And it had, like, you can get all the cool, like, quasi, almost modern tech. Like, you can get digi dashboards and stuff. And I think these even had, like, four-wheel disc and ABS. So, I mean, it would be a car you could potentially use regularly. Yeah. And, like, even even without four-wheel discs, it's still fine. Because you're not, you're not going to get yourself into a situation in which you need four-wheel discs. Like... You're you're already gonna be under. I don't know. By the time, by the time <laughs> the rear drums would create an issue, you're already understeering full speed into whatever's in front of you. You've had the crash. Yeah, you've had the crash mm. at that point. Like the, the, the brakes are not gonna be what helps you. It's the chassis that's a problem. But anyway, so. Oh my God! All right, uh, I don't even have a link for this next one, but back in the oh day, God, we're not recording anymore. Uh, it doesn't matter. Oh, wait, we're recording on that thing. Correct. The, okay. This this is still going. The The reason I don't resume the video recording is because I don't do... Like, when we have an issue like that, there just isn't a YouTube version of it. Yeah. Um, but, anyway. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Back in the, the early days of, like, Motor Cult and even the first part of Carbitrage, we occasionally did Project Car Updates. Yes. And I will be doing that, but this the one is... The economy no longer allows us to do that Correct. sort of thing. Although, I will talk about it briefly in the next episode. This one, though, I went out for St. Paddy's Day, which, as you listen to this, this was a week ago for me. It was out in Waconia, apparently a restaurant that our family owns, yada, yada, yada. Fine time. I get back. I decide for some harebrained reason to not take 35E, the main interstate, all the way up to my house. But I want to see how hopping West 7th Street is in St. Paul, which is... To be fair... West 7th Street's actually a nice drive most of the year. It is, and that's kind of my back way home. Yeah, not not, not right now. Apparently not right now, as I learned, because I went up and I got maybe halfway up 7th Street, and there were potholes apparently in the dark that had their own postcode. Yes, they are. And the Model S struck at least one of those, and I immediately heard thunk, 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 you debeated a tire. And then my car had a very red warning triangle that said I had no pressure in the rear right tire. So I pulled off into a bakery parking lot, and I investigated. It was 10 degrees outside, too, which is great. Um, the <laughs> the front right, or sorry, yeah, front right wheel was fine. It was still holding air. But the rear that also hit the same pothole would not take any air. I had my little air compressor with me. Nothing. Not even what a pound. So the inner lip of this extremely thick, heavy 19-inch wheel with a 45-series yep. tire was bent up so far that it was hitting the brake caliper Holy on my car. Holy shit! Yep. <clears throat> yeah, there was like a flattened section of um, the inner lip of the wheel. You <laughs> can call the city and actually have them pay for that. I've submitted claims before, and I've had no luck. Oh, uh, have a, mechan- a repair shop actually review what it is. And have them um, cooperate your your claim. So back when I worked at Good Karma, we had one of those potholes, and I, well, I was able to watch a lady like have all four tires off the ground when she left a pothole. I remember that story. Yeah, and she needed like seven grand. She needed like, a differential, like the rear end for all wheel drive fusion. Like it was turbo fucked. Oh um, and the city paid for all of it because we had security footage and we had an invoice saying this is what she needed. Huh. And so, yeah, if you have a mechanic shop, cooperate. Like, if you can just, like, go there and show them 
I do still have the old wheel. Yeah, if you show them the old wheel uh, and say, hey, can this be used? They'll say no. They'll give you an Correct. invoice for, or they'll give you an estimate for replacing the wheel. All right. You send that invoice into the city. Mm-hmm. That's how you get it. So. I mean, I, the uh, the same website I use for like reporting parked cars yeah. does have an option for that. So I guess it doesn't hurt to try. Yeah. So that's what I would actually do because that, that is a real thing. And that's also why I like don't take my Fiat anywhere right now. Like I drive, drive here pretty much. Mm-hmm. Because Jan is at work, <laughs> and otherwise we're in Jana's car. Pothole season is very much real. Um, and you know what? Everybody likes big wheels. This is why I don't like big wheels. It's like a big tire. I like a big, well, healthy and, tire. I'm a, I like any car I have. I have I want the a smallest big tire. wheels I can have on the car, and that was still not enough. But you know what? The most miraculous thing is I got to give props to Dunlop. The tire survived no problem. That's incredible. From the hit, no bubble, no blister, no nothing. If Pirelli even looked at that, it would develop. Pox. Yeah. <laughs> Some variety of new pox. You know, you know, Halo, the like flood dude, and you shoot him in the little tank. It would look like that. It looked just like that. Yeah. It's, um, but Jan, I, Jan's giant, like, like 60 serious sidewalls on her grandpa car. Yeah. Like, love it. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. much comfy. Yeah. But, that's like when I see Jaguars and I see them with like 15 inch Kents with like a 215 75 15. I'm like, that is a hot car. You uh, how yeah? How tall would the pothole have to be before that could even theoretically make contact? Oh, with you will, wheel? you will crack the oil pan before that, <laughs> that wheel is a problem. I've never seen a bent Kent in my in my life. Oh God, no, that just doesn't exist. Does and not like, happen. No, I. Uh, but and I was, it actually looks good. The, like, those are the five spokes with the inlays. Yeah, yeah I've seen. They those. look really good. The giant tire. I'm yeah. like, they actually look good with a big tire. It like, fits the car perfectly. A big tire, I think, can look good. Like yeah. I am absolutely. Bigger yeah. sidewalls and mufflers need to make more comebacks because, yeah. like, you can make a really good proportional small wheel. Yeah, and like people just don't. Yeah, no, and like that's the thing is like with like my whole like early '90s like aesthetic that I have like '80s '90s thing. Like, I've always loved that. Like, it's my CRX. Like, I've never, or any one of my cars, I've never had a low-profile tire because I fucking hate it. Like, every time I've ever had anything larger than a 15-inch wheel, I hit a pothole. It's vibrating for the rest of my fucking life because I don't want to take it in to, like, have it be rebalanced. <laughs> and, like, it's just a problem. And I see, like, people like, dodge darts that have, like, wheels that just crack in half. And I'm like, these are not problems I have with An- my old garbage. Another reason to have a lighter car, too, because I had a pothole this size in my gray gas Fiat 500 with the 17s and the Pirellis. No bend in the wheel, and I just had a blistered tire. Yeah. But, like, in a 4,600-pound car, you, you, there's, no, there's no hope. Yeah. No, you're... you're it's game over. Imagine if somebody you know, with a Hummer EV hit that. Oh, my God. It'd bend the whole truck in half. Oh, break all the suspension. The entire truck would just be a taco shape. Correct. <laughs> it'd just be broken. It's like the people that were jumping the first-gen Raptors. Yeah. Just bring them back to the dealer yeah, like this. Like, that. like yeah, the rusted-out Chevys you see scrapping yeah, metal. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be like exactly like that. It's just, I... But I, don't, I don't get I don't get the big wheel thing. I never will. Like And again, like I, I look to see if I could run 18s, and I can't, but... But I ended up getting a free wheel from a friend, brought That's that good. back down. That's still a fucking disaster, though. Noticed it had a stress crack. Discount tire won't touch anything that has a stress crack, even if it won't. If No problem. Like, it would hold air, no no issue. So I brought it back down to the shop here, because uh, I have a TIG welder, and I've done this before. Mm-hmm. Drill stopped it, grounded out, got the thing plugged into 240, got it powered on, got my tungsten ground, turned on the gas, empty bottle. Perfect. Grabbed my second welder bottle. I'm like, it's the wrong gas, but it'll work. Also empty. Also, it was a Saturday morning, so I had to live with, feel bad for me, everyone. I had to live with the GLS for four days. The thing was on fumes. It cost $92 to fill the tank in it, and I had had to do that twice. Also, automatics are awful, and I did not realize, although the Model S is a pretty boring car, it is so much better than a GLS 450. You know, I avoid normal automatics, it's bad. Like Jana's car does that weird lurchy shift thing. I tried putting premium in it, doesn't didn't do anything. It just costs more money. I just live with it, so I just put eighty eight in it. It will do that forever. It'll be fine. I just put in eighty eight and call it a day. I don't care. We've never had a problem putting eighty eight in everything. It, it's a Toyota. It will. Yeah, be it'll fine. be fine. Yes. Um. So yeah, we're just that's just how I live my life with that weird automatic. I just lurching in the shifts. And like you get used to like working with it too, because like it only really happens at low speeds. Yeah, I just let off the throttle when it's about to happen, and I go. I just watch the tack, and I wait for it to grab, and then I'm like, off we go. I don't watch the tack. I just know the speed. 
like relative to how fast I'm driving past trees. I do like that it's just an ES330 thing though, because like I know exactly what you're talking it's, about. It's a it's a Toyota 33 thing. Oh, is it? It's a three. Jana's van did it. I thought her van was, the transmission was going on in her van. I was really oh, worried. Oh, interesting. And then like apparently like, apparently it happens on what's the Harrier called? Uh, the RX330. Apparently it happens on those. It probably happens on Volvos too, because I always said the uh, that Toyota five speed. Is in like a bunch of vehicles. Yeah, so that, it just does a lurchy one too, which is fine. Whatever, I don't care. It does feel like it's broken though. It totally does. Yeah, but like yeah. I don't know. Like every other like automatic I own is like so I have like the Cressida, which is actually a very good automatic transmission. The because it's, it's not trying to be sporty. The A three forty E is a great transmission. Like it's a well, actually, no, it's not. But it is made to hold power. Like it was made for the Supra, and that's you, what to put on the V twelve too, isn't it? Um, I think so, yeah. Because they have like re- they have like you can get like uh, clutch pack kits for them to like hold yeah. like six seven hundred horsepower. Oh, yeah. So it's the Japanese Turbo Four Hundred. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but with an extra gear. Yeah, with extra gear. But like, yeah, when I was like, when I have money, because the Cressida is supposed to be like comfortable, and it's supposed to be still a Cressida, mm-hmm. and part of the Cressida thing is that's automatic. It, there's I mean, a, there's a I get part, it. yeah, no, like that's the thing. It's like it's supposed to be grandpa car, like it's supposed to fit in with our other grandpa cars. Part of me is like, oh man, that actually be kind of cool to put like a, a like a, a forty two hundred with a A's and a three forty e. Of course, then at that point, why don't I just put a four L sixty in it and just be done? Just have an well, especially when that drive. comes with the parts. Yeah, truck. The, the entire. <laughs> trans- what am I thinking? Never mind. Because I was originally thinking about getting the rebuild kit when I was going to do uh, a one EZ or a one GZ. Yeah. But now it's just like, man, I can just stuff an entire Trailblazer into it and be done. That's amazing because, like, I mean, to your point, what you just mentioned, like Eisen and. New venture, new process. Mm-hmm. Shared licensing on a lot of that with the LL series mm-hmm. engines. So yeah. like almost all of that stuff is completely one hundred percent compatible with the Toyota Bell housing of the nineties. Huh. yeah, that would probably make sense then. Okay. I don't understand why, but it's cool. Yeah, no, I'm okay. Well, it's because nobody actually makes an automatic transmission. The only person that makes an automatic transmission is Honda. That's true. like manufacturer. Yeah, Mercedes does. Yeah, like it, like nobody else makes their own automatics. But there, are, yeah, there are not many companies, and like, thank God. And like yeah. Mercedes stopped doing that, I think now. No, Merce- no Mercedes uses ZF, I think. No, they don't. They don't. Um, no, no, they they have their own series Maybe. of transmissions, and they license them out to other people. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah, like that's that, that's just like a weird thing. Is I'm like, I, I'm more accepting of automatics, but like I also go into it going like, yeah, no, th- there's a purpose for this. I want this car to be boring. I want this car to do one thing. This car goes on the highway, and I just want it to like maybe break the tires leaving a stop sign. That's all. It's a Rolls-Royce Phantom. Yeah, that's all it is. I just want cheap Phantoms. But I don't I, I don't hate driving the Phantom, and I hate driving the GL. I have my good cars, Yeah. and Jana likes her grandpa cars, and that's fine. And I appreciate a good grandpa car. I like, do, too. I just had an entire like segment where I was being an apologist for the GMH body. So, <laughs> uh, speaking of grandpa cars, yes. um, you could actually put a Saturn 5-speed behind the transverse ls apparently is that the gt40 transaxle or is that something else i the no like the saturn sl2 oh okay the mp3 transaxle the the saturn sl1 the car that's made of plastic yeah but like the twin cam transaxle five speed is called the uh mp3 oh i didn't know that okay yeah so that transmit that transmission apparently bolts onto a transverse ls for some reason (laughs) i mean thanks gm or next to it, I guess. Oh <laughs> um, so there you go. It uh, can be made to interface with minimal effort. Yeah, and so the reason I know this is um, my friend TJ and I have this mutual friend named Darius. And Darius, you know, credit for consistency. I've only known him building Saturns. Okay. And so he tried. Oh, I've seen his cars, I think. Yeah, he's yeah, had yeah, the yeah. super low Saturns mm-hmm. and everything. Those are actually, they can be surprisingly good cars. He makes really cool Saturns. Um, but apparently he's trying to put a transverse LS into a manual Saturn SL2, which is the best way to kill yourself. (laughs) Um, and so that's actually really cool. Yeah. So, uh, the LS is still not an acceptable answer for the Mondial challenge. No. And I think we outlawed that. And there was one other answer we just said no to at one point. 
I think was it the K, K series? I think it was the K series because yeah. everybody defaulted to that. I want to see something like original. Tell me about yourself with this. Don't don't be basic. Right. Um, yeah. Come up with an interesting answer. We had so many great answers that we never thought about. Yeah, and that that's how I like. I think like Taylor Fingers just like found like some Volvo like engine. Yeah, it was like that, a, like worked like. It was, I think like, he was like a white block or something. Yeah, He's like, like, yeah, they're really short. I'm like, oh, that's a good that's a good idea. Yeah, like I like hearing about these cool weird engines. Tell me a thing that mm. I don't know is basically what the Mondial challenge is. True. Right. Like it's <laughs> tell me about something I haven't thought of in my life. And so yeah, the K series and the LS are out. Yeah, the LS4 um, and the GT40 is too played. However, uh, you know the W body uh, and Pala SS. Speaking of transverse um, LS engines, yes, you could get that in a Buick suit. Yeah, these are these are Bonneville, so these are H. Um, but still, you could get a 2008 Buick Lucerne Super, which was a Chevy and Pala SS mechanically in a Buick suit. I remember these. And the they, only they way you, the only way you can tell that this has an LS in it, which I actually I love this. I would totally take this over in Palo SS because it's oh, hundred percent. Um, like it's got like flashy bodywork, but nobody's ever looked at a Buick Lacrosse long enough to know that this is a thing. Um, if you look at the instrument cluster, it has blue gauges. That's but how you can tell. Are these factor dual exhausts? Are they? Has that been added, or is that stock? Those are factory. Okay, I think yeah. that might be unique, too, but yeah. No, th those are the same mufflers as the Impala SS. And yeah. that's, like, dark cobalt blue. Yeah. I mean, that is, like, just barely it, it even blue. It really rough. It doesn't look good. Because that's actually the Impala SS font. <laughs> that's literally... They Can just we... stuck a super badge into the bottom of Impala SS. I don't... Like, the Prindle indicator is also curved with the gauge bezel. This is just yucky. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's quite gross. But, I, I believe it when the ad says they only made 2,277 of these. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. I could think I, I could not think of more than 2,200 people that ever want this new. However, uh, when they uh, originally concepted the lacrosse, the concept name was the Invicta. This is now a successor to the Invicta name. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because the, the normal vanilla lacrosse is totally just a Lesabre. <laughs> Uh, but this is actually now an Invicta because an Invicta was just a fast little saber, and that's a fast little saber. And like back in the day, they had Shaq advertising these too because like they're comfortable and they're huge inside. Yeah, that, that's that's so why every fits. that's why every single owner of these cars is like some black dude that's like six foot thirteen. Yeah, like it's yep. all like the per, the driver is like laying in the back seat because that's how tall they are. Like they're yep. still touching their head to the ceiling. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, but they just they made the seat tracks longer. So yeah, it's they have longer seat tracks. Um, but yeah, and these actually the 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 Bonneville GXP and the Lacrosse had the four T eighty transmission in them really because they're the bigger H platform okay. car. the The littler ones had the four T sixty five E, and those still they just they yeah. grenaded all but over you the get place. A, oh, I did not know these you had the better trans, so these actually, actually don't break. Cool. Another thing, um, I think this is actual real wood on the dashboard. Let me. It's an actual wood veneer, not like simulated wood which is strange because most cars of the air still are doing some simulated wood especially gm yeah but i think actually in like buick and cadillac they put in actual wood i could see that uh, and so it looks like it looks like this might be it but which is kind of cool that's as large as i can make that image unfortunately yeah, yeah it's but. craigslist and you're on <laughs> firefox you're one of the three percent of the internet uses firefox that's ah, a great browser though um but yeah, it even has, I love that in this guy's ad, he goes, the car has got brand new Eagle GT tires in OE, OE. <laughs> TPMS sensors. It's like, I don't want that. That's not, that's not the sales pitch you think it is. I can tell the age of this person by the fact that he writes Goodyear Eagle GT like it's a plus side. Yeah, no, you don't want to. Tell me that, dude. Like those were the, <laughs> those were the performance tires in the late eighties, mid eighties, early eighties. When you were still I'm younger? He, I'm surprised he doesn't have raised letter tires on it. Can you believe this was posted 26 days ago and hasn't sold yet? Incredible. I know, right? I, I actually screenshotted this on my phone in the off chance that it did sell. Because I'm like, this has been here for a long time. I guess gain traction in the BAT Slack. Like, somebody might actually buy this. Like, <laughs> I'm glad you did that. It's like, we've had times in the past where we want to go back and revisit something, and the link is obviously yeah, dead. Yeah, no, and that's why I'm like, I need to make sure this car exists, because this is so wacky. But yeah, it's got 5,800 miles on it. It's, it's so probably stupid. the world's greatest lacrosse super. 
It's so bad. Uh, for the However, record, internet, they're asking $22,500 for it. If you want the world's greatest slab, like if you want to be oh, king yeah. slab, like oh, yeah. that's the king slab car. Like, 100%. You cannot beat a lacrosse super. A V8 lacrosse slab, game over. You're, like, you're welcome, everyone, for car, knowing that now. This car needs a one-way trip to Houston and needs to be painted South Park blue and needs to have... Like twenty inch hangers on the side of it, and, and a like continental a, kit, a fold out triptych neon sign in the trunk. Oh yeah, and the neon signs just d- d- totally in- like incoherent, and yeah, absolutely, yeah, th- that's that's what this car needs in the future. There should be no factory let's say like lacrosse left by the end of the twenty twenties. Correct. Like they should all be slabbed. I think they probably will too. Good. On the part. They should. Yeah. They absolutely should. I agree. That, that's that's the best use of those cars. Anyway. <sighs> okay. This last couple of weeks have been really, really short on car news, so I'm gonna go back to EV stuff just because that's what I've been doing these that's days. That's our happy place. But most of the time I'm talking about really good stuff that's coming to Europe mm-hmm. that we're not getting. Yeah. And today I want to talk about something that's coming to Europe that we're not getting that I'm happy about. Oh, okay. And what would this be? Guess who makes this vehicle? Probably Volkswagen. Yeah, yep, correct. So they have the new ID2 little hatchback. Oh, oh, that sounds like a great idea. This is front-wheel drive, so I don't want that. And It's actually kind of cute. I mean, yeah, but it's still a Volkswagen. We know firsthand, and as soon as the whole saga is done with the ID4, we'll have Scott back on, and he can tell us about that. But do not give Volkswagen any business. But come on, man. Front-wheel drive? You have an entire purpose-built rear-wheel drive EV platform with the ID3, yep. and you're telling me you can't shrink it enough to make that rear-wheel drive? I don't buy that. Also, this is seven years after the Bolt was announced, and it's more expensive. It's the same speed. It doesn't look any better. Uh, maybe it looks a little bit better, but like it's, it's a worse car. And it's going to have Volkswagen reliability. Yes. Like, I just... I'm just wondering, so this is coming to Europe, but not America, which Correct. is like, okay, Americans are dumb. We will still buy front-wheel drive. I know. But the Honda Urban E exists. I know. And the Fiat 500E. Why would you ever buy this turd? You know, there's probably a Skoda of this that's like 100 times better, too. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> half the price. Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, no, Volkswagen. This is... I, Glad to see Volkswagen still being Volkswagen. They will never, ever change. It will always oh be the God. worst like common denominator. The first story we ever touched on on Carbitrage might have even been Motor Cult still about Volkswagen getting into the electric car game. Your first gut reaction that you blurted out was yep. Volkswagen will find they a way to screw a way to this up. up. And they always they have. have. Oh, absolutely. They are trash. They are the worst brand. Like, they peaked... With the Mark II Jetta. And it's been downhill since then. And that was, what, 92? It ended in 92. Yeah. Yep, that, that tracks. Yeah, it's been downhill since then. Like, <laughs> oh there, was a, there was a glimmer of hope in the 80s, and then it just all went to shit. And, yeah, no, they, they, they fucking suck. And look at them. But, hey, you know, at least they have a good color palette. Cause and, like, we do need more small cars, but, I mean, look, the, this thing's the got, like, fi- 20s on for it. For, like, the five seconds that your car will not rust itself apart and yeah. then off to do a rust recall. Is that That's why Skodas are better. They're all cladded, and they have 15-inch wheels to save yeah. money. Yeah, because they're made for Eastern Europe. Yeah. Where they and, also have bottles. Yeah, and this is just, like, you know... I bet if you, you spill water think, in the back seat, it'll shut off. You know what I think? I am going to bet that inboard brakes... We'll make a comeback. Oh, we're doing like outlandish car technology. No, because um, the Just weight of vehicles. Reasons, yeah, for packaging reasons. For yeah, the weight of idea. vehicles, I think yeah. that instead of having these like twenty-two inch wheels on cars, because like cars are only going to get heavier. Right. Um, at some point, the size of the brakes to be so big it doesn't fit in the wheel. They're going to have to do an inboard disc or a really long drum. Well, I think that's a good idea because, I mean, all of – we were just talking about, like, a Volkswagen's platform. That's shared across, including, like, Seat, Skoda, uh, Audi, and Volkswagen. Like, it's probably got 30 or 35 cars and yeah. trucks that are based on that. Like, if you just had that attached to the power unit, yeah. imagine how much that would save you in production. It's not like – it's and it's also not like a Jaguar in the 80s where it was actually a nightmare to service. Right. Like, it's a CV shaft. You just take that off and there yeah, you go. Yeah, we, we learned how to make a control arm that's, like, this long. That's, like, a foot long. Right. And it's fine. Right. Like, and the other problem is, like, 
with like old Jaguars, while they had like they had their four wheel, their inboard rear drums, they had super long control arms and have like anti dive geometry. So like they didn't have a way to be able to service the brake without completely disassembling the rear right. end. That's like, a problem. That's a problem. However, with like Volkswagen, like because all these parts are gonna be made to be replaceable. Correct. All you do is you just make something that's like the like Cressida, a Toyota drive shaft, where you just have four bolts. You can just you can remove a two foot section of the drive shaft one foot at a time. Well, even just like, like before you even get to the U joint, like oh, there wouldn't even be U joints anymore. Well, no, that, that's what I'm saying. I was like on. Oh, like, I get you. On yeah, Toyota, yeah. like, mm-hmm. you can just remove a section of the drive shaft without yeah. undoing either of the U-joints. Right. You can just unbolt it from the U-joint section. Well, it's great. And this would be, like, on the output shafts, too. And, like, Volkswagen's used bolt-on CVs for 30 years. So, like, yeah, so it, just it takes, move it out it, of the way yeah. and ta-da. And then you don't need to have your ginormous, stupid wheels that crack at the as soon as you see a bottle. That would be nice, because... I bet that's what... The big four-piston Brembo's on my car, I'm sure, weigh a ton. You know, I bet when India starts making EVs, that's what they're going to do, is they're going to have an inboard disc brake. They're going to have, like, a hub. You're onto something. Yeah. My car uses the same caliper front and rear, but the rear, it's got a second caliper for the electronic parking brake, and that's probably another, like, 10 pounds or something. Just put it in the center. Well, I understand, but like yeah. that's probably where the wheel rear wheel broke and yeah, the front one did exactly. Didn't. Yeah, it's like, the extra the sprung like, unsprung yeah. weight. Yeah, extra unsprung, uh, unsprung weight and big yeah. heavy cars are stupid. Give me more small stuff, but not made by Volkswagen. Yeah, and so I think like when Toyota start, or when Toyota when India starts making because India is never going to have their infrastructure ever be good enough. There are way too many fucking people in that country that they they're never going to be able to make a good road. It, I will eat my shirt if India makes a solid road. Um, so what they're going to do is they're going to engineer around the problem. And Correct. that's going to be, is going to be something probably about the size of a Mirage mm-hmm. with a ton of ground clearance, ton of ground clearance, 13 yep. inch wheels. <laughs> it's going to have like, yeah, like a 13 or a 10 inch wheel. It's going to be a huge tire on it. It's going to have a like Toyota Highlander style, like differential drive unit thing. And then you just slap your discs onto that. Mm-hmm. And then you can use your Vietnamese, made discs that fit everything in the world that are 4 by 100 and just stuff a caliper on there and then there you go problem solved i i yeah i don't see any issue with that frankly because you have to unbolt a wheel anyway to do a brake disc and this would be just two more bolts yeah and, and then, then you also solve the problem of unsprung weight as also well. no more brake soft lines you could hard line the entire thing so you don't get lines that swell shut yeah perfect perfect yeah that that's actually, a great idea i have fixed modern car braking systems you're welcome manufacturers there you go Anyway, on that bombshell, what's in this episode? I'll see you guys next week. See ya. Bye-bye.